Okay, there's only a few faithful souls here today. And I don't blame them because I wasn't here the last time. Now there's some more faithful souls here. Okay. Okay. Om Agana Timurandasya Gananjana Shilakaya Taksur Unmalatamyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namha Sri Chaitanyamano Bishdam Stapitamyena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Namo Mahabharanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gora Shise Namaha Nityananda Namastubhyam Premananda Padayate Kalo Kamashanashaya Janavi Pataye Namaha Hey Krishna Kurun Tapta Kanshina Gorangi Vadhe Brindhavani Shri Vishabhanu Sute Devi Panamami Paripiye Hey Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bhanto Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchina Gorangi Radhe Brindabhaneshwari Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Pye Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Srivasade Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from the Super Soul Farm in upstate New York. Somehow my karma has been traveling. And as I mentioned to you, um, traveling makes a man old. I don't do well traveling. I've been doing Manasapuja for the last two, three days since I got back from Colombia. It's just, yeah, yesterday, Raghunath was so nice. He drove all the way down to New Jersey to pick me up. I said he drove three and a half hours down, three and a half hours up. But uh, he has kind of quite a nice ashram here. It's a real, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm hearing, I'm, I'm up in the morning, but I'm hearing chanting and kata. Um, seems like things have really tr changed here. There's a nice spirit of, of, of devotion and there's a few devotees that live here. So that's really... Um, that's really a great thing. So I'll be up here till the 15th. If any of you, well, then I'll be going to um, Philadelphia for a class. So, um, so um, I mentioned before, people like my class on Sunday, where I first started by explaining how unprepared I was. And my karma, I just don't do well traveling. 
and I'm still traveling somehow. Now I'll be here for 10 days. But um, what I'll do is just I'll share just a kind of a few things, realizations that came up just in the last. The first one is when I arrived from Colombia, I took the flight unusual because I don't really like take the early morning flights, but I left at 4 a.m. from the ashram and then traveled all day. I was feeling great. Jack picked me up in the evening. The weather was sublime. And when I was about 20 minutes from the place where we stay, which is a nice, Jack made his home into an ashram. Really interesting. I hear, um, I get an emergency alert that there's a tornado. You should immediately go to your basement. And if you don't have a basement, you should immediately go to the nearest shelter. And I'm looking at Jack and he said, no, this is like a, uh, a lightning strike. You know, it's so little chance. And then all of a sudden we, we hit a Govardhan Hill torrential downpour with winds and i you know we're about 10 or 15 minutes from the house and uh i couldn't wait to get to the house <laughs> and that sparked in me a remembrance of because we had just finished in our studies the Govardhan lila and a very interesting thing in the Govardhan lila it said that Krishna provides sharanam, shelter. Krishna is the shelter. When you surrender to Krishna, it means sharanagati, you go for shelter. So what is this? This surrender is taking shelter. Surrender. <laughs> Su means under, uh, to uh, to put yourself rendra i think it's from the latin under you put yourself under so in the govardhan lila vishnu chakravati thakur gives such an interesting uh, etymological meaning of the word sharanam one is shelter, one is home. So I was just figuring, it, it was such a nice analogy, right? You know, we're in the tornado, there's danger. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get home. We're, we're uh, home, and, and what is home? It, it's it's it, it, it's it's the place that's organized to maintain and protect you. To maintain and protect you. So that's what surrender means. You have faith when putting yourself under Krishna that you're protected and you're maintained. And one who has, and, and that's what faith is, because one who has faith 
that's where he finds his shelter. Like when you're in anxiety, <laughs> what do you do? You watch a movie, <laughs> uh, you, 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 you turn on the news, what do you do? Where is your shelter? Where is your faith? And that's the whole message of the Bhagavatam. That even in death, that's your shelter. Do you have that faith? Do you want to be fearless at the time of death? Why will you be fearless? Because you're protected and maintained from, from the hurricane of the world, from, from, from the worst thing which is the annihilation of, of, of the body and all your attachments. The, 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 the pain of death, as I, I mentioned this many times, the pain of death, one Sada Vrindavan told me that the pain of death is not the physical pain. Because if that was the fear, you just drug yourself. If that was the pain, pain if the real problem, the pain of death, is the physical pain, just drug yourself. But that doesn't give you shelter. You're still not, when you have shelter, you have no fear. Like a, a little child who's being harassed and he has, you know, his father comes out. <laughs> then he comes by his father, he has no fear. He said the real pain of death is losing your attachments. That's what pain is. That's what fear is. We're fear that the world will move against the way we are attached. We are attached it. We are attached it to be. So that Sharanam, that shelter, this temporary material world is full of business take shelter of the holy name as your only business we have to have that experience of krishna and that faith and and i think in one sense one who surrenders to krishna that's what his life is about getting that kind of faith and what is that faith in the turbulence we see that Krishna is there to protect us. We see that it's always Krishna. Even on our greatest difficulties, we understand, we look back, it was Krishna. It was Krishna giving us some kind of realization, giving us something we need. And therefore, when the point of death comes, we have that same confidence. We have that same confidence the same confidence we had in our life. That's why there was a traditional sannyas. It was to gain that faith because you, you'd leave your material protective agents and you'd go. You'd leave your apparent shelter. You leave your home, your apparent shelter, which is not ultimately time and tide waits for no man. It doesn't really protect you. That's why the Bhagavatam says, Deha Patya Kali Tradishu Atma Sanyeshvasa. 
Dehapatya, the body, the family. It can't protect you. It never has protected you. So you have to learn that. So, so people would go out and they would, you know, travel in the forest and food would come. Shelter would come and they would have that faith. I, I know that in India, twice I saw it. That when a sadhu or a brahmin sees a snake, they're not afraid. That's their qualification for being a sadhu or brahmin. They go, sadhu, deke. I was once in the water in the Jamuna and a snake popped up and I was skirting out of the water to save my life. And then uh, <laughs> it was in the distance too. And the sadhu just said there and he looked at me, he said, sadhu, deke. The snake saw a sadhu. One time, another time I went to bathe in the Jamuna Um, and I thought there was a snake, but I didn't have my glasses, but it was a tire. So I was like, Keishi got, so I walked down. I told this story before, and then I kind of bathed quickly and got out. And, uh, I slipped on the steps and fell back in. When I, when I walked by, I saw the snake still there, but I realized it was just, I was focusing. Oh because I didn't have my glasses. It was just a, 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 a rubber tire. But the sadhu is sadhu deke. Sadhu deke, there's no fear. There's no fear. In Priya Bhagavatamrita, not in Jaiva Dharma, when there was someone that joins the ashram of, of, of the Paramahamsas and he runs, he, he, the first day he sees a snake and he runs into the, the head person's person laughed, you're not qualified. You're not qualified to do bhajan if you don't have that faith in Krishna. <laughs> that there's no fear. Why should there be fear? Krishna is here. He's protecting you. That's why Prabhupada, what was his name? A boy, Charanada Vindam. One who has no fear because he's took in Sharanat, oh boy, Sharanat, Charanat Charanam is Sharanam. No, Charanam is, is, is feet. A boy, Charanat Avindam, because he's taking shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna. He has no fear. And, and Prabhupada told that story when I took sannyas. From Satsarup Maj, it's a story. It was I found out half hour before I was to take sannyas. Satsarup had to leave for emergency, and he gave this lecture from I think it's the 16th or 17th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where it describes the quality of the sannyas as abayam, abayam, Sattva Samshrud him, Jnana Yoga Vivastita. So Prabhupada explains Jnana Yoga Vivastita. He must have Jnana and, 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 and Satchrup Maharaj was explaining when Prabhupada saw the first happiness, the first happenings album, one album. And there's a picture of Prabhupada on the cover. Prabhupada was very pleased. He said, Oh, I look very philosophical. 
And then he told Abayam, fearless. And he told he was walking by Prabhupada, I think it was in Calcutta, or was it Mumbai, Mumbai? And they saw the Victoria Memorial and Prabhupada said, I climbed to the very, very top. And, and uh, one of his disciples said, Prabhupada, you must have been very fearless. Prabhupada said, I'm still fearless. Otherwise, how would I have come to America alone? And you just don't have to go as a devotee out into the forest. Just all the challenges we have in life and the struggles and the anxieties we have when we do our service and then see Krishna. And we, and we see Krishna at every instant. We see Krishna. We see Krishna. We see how it was Krishna all along. Just like when I was traveling from Colombia, I'm pretty undisturbed person. If people know me, the, the world can be falling apart. And I'm, I'm, you know, I have some kind of faith in that way. But I do have some scars. I have impressions in the consciousness. And one is traveling. And it, it's not like uh, ridiculous, but it's more anxiety than I'm usually in. And it's irrational. I, you know, it, it, I'm worried if I, if I get to a local flight, if it's only three hours, I want to get there four hours. And, uh, you know, I was worried going through Miami that customs would take too much time and miss my plane. And, and, and uh, yeah, and, and I was in my mind in the plane, why don't you just have faith in Krishna? If Krishna wants to get you <laughs> to New Jersey, he'll get you to New Jersey, it's already done. And if he doesn't, then it, why should you care? I remember, uh, the beginning of COVID, there was, uh, was there was some political issue I was involved in, and uh, uh, Mahamuni, Professor Matthew Dasty, he sent me a book by Epictetus, the Stoics. It's a fantastic book, and I underlined one thing, which I really held strong to, and, and was the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. He said, "Happiness, distress, health, sickness." I also got sick at that time. I had this rheumatoid arthritis and I couldn't move. It was really strange for me. Health, sickness, happiness, distress, slander or praise. It's all coming by God. Why should we care? Why should we care? And that's what the difficulties in our lives, when you combine it with reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and practicing Krishna consciousness, are telling us, why should we care? It's all coming from Krishna. And one who realizes that, a boy Charanana Bindam can cross the ocean with, you know, 40 rupees and a box of books by himself and suffer three hearts. Why should he care? It's Krishna. Everything is Krishna. Just like Maharaj Cricket. 
when he was cursed to die, what did he say? Sadu mene, I think this is good. I think this is good. And then he gave three reasons. I'll become detached from the world. I'll be free from the reaction. And the reaction will not go to my family because in that the father has a debt, the son has to accept it. It's like that's Hatfields and McCoys. If you're from America, you know that's famous feud. Why should you care? So, Sadhu Mene. Mene, I think Sadhu, this is good. This is good. Sadhu Mene, this is good. Why is it good? Because it's Krishna. And that's also Bhishma Dev's instruction to Marjudhisthira, who was challenged in so many ways that when he came to the, his grandfather on the battlefield of Kurukshetra lying in a bed of arrows, his grandfather started to cry because when he saw Yudhisthira, you do not deserve to live, which means it'd be less pain to die than the suffering you undergo. And he began to cry. He was on the bed of arrows. And Yudhisthira wanted to know, what are these challenges of life? And Dev said, if you know three things, there's no cause for despondency, no matter how difficult things may be. There's no cause for despondency. One, it is God. And God is absolute and God is good. So whatever happens to you, you bow your head. Whatever happens to you, you bow your head. You bow your head. And you respond to it in the appropriate way, according to Dharma. And what the Shastra is, is a compendium of archetype responses to karma. And the third thing is, is you follow the sadhus and the, the brahmins and the Vaishnavas because which dharmic principle is appropriate will be known by the Vaishnavas and brahmins who have studied the Shastra. They will know which is the archetype um, the archetype response to your situation. So this is our lesson, Sharanam, shelter, surrender. And Vishnu Chakravati Thakur's etymological meaning that is home it's not home on, 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 a, on a, a deep philosophical level. It's analogous to home in the material world. The place where we are maintained and the place we are protected. 
Sharanam. It's Krishna. We're fully maintained and protected in, in Krishna. That's our, our real home. And that's what great souls have full faith in. And that's why great souls are so fearless. Because Krishna is always there. When Prabhupada was in Mumbai during the Indo-Pakistan War and there was blackouts at night. So can you imagine that? Pakistan attacking, bombing Delhi. And the reporter asked Prabhupada, what would you do if you saw a bomb? Prabhupada said, Hare Krishna. I will see, I will see Krishna. A boy, Charanada Vinda, one who's fearless, taking shelter of Krishna, where we are protected and we are maintained. And protected and maintained doesn't just mean physically, it means psychologically, because the real distress is the mind. The real lacking is not just the protection of the body, the maintain and protection of our, of our mind, our chitta, our consciousness. And that protection is where we feel and where we find an object of love, which is eternal and real and most dear. There's a verse in the second canto of Bhagavatam saying why we should take shelter of Krishna. Why should we worship Krishna? Because that object of worship is eternal. It's real. And most important, it's most dear. Krishna means all attractive. But what does he attract? He attracts our consciousness and our hearts. The soul is consciousness, which reaches its value, its fruition in devotion and love. It has to have an object of love. That's not temporary. That's not illusory. That's dear to one, more dear than one's very self. So that's the real shelter. When you find that, it doesn't even matter what happens to the body. And that's what we're looking for. Shelter means sambandha, relationship, that gives us so, such meaning. Anyway, that that's, I, I described where this class is Tatasta because I'm in between. I just finished Govardhan Leela. And on Sunday, I will start Briyad Bhagavatamrita. So I'm just sharing with you my realizations. I'll, I'll share another nice realization today, which is interesting, and I'll see if I can put it together. But um, I feel a leader should be empowering. I see so many organizations and so many temples and things 
which are struggling. And I think the real struggle is, is lack of leadership. And I think the most important thing of leadership, and I think something that Prabhupada demonstrated was a leader is empowering. And I do believe that leaders are born. You can't, and, and that's Chatur Vanyamaya Shrishtam Guna Okay, it's Guna Karma. But a Guna Karma has a lot to do with, <laughs> with your birth. Guna Karma. Uh, uh, to one story, I went to one town to Dallas, and Tamal Krishna said, I'm, I'm going to take you for lunch at the best Gujarati cook. And they made these chapatis. And then this one thin chapati, they just went like this, and it was two. And they and as this phrase goes, they they melt in your mouth and not in your hands. They were just so delicious. So I said to Tamal Krishna Maharaj, um, oh, I'd like to bring one of my disciples down here to learn this. And he looked at me and he said, it's Janma, it's not Guna Karma. <laughs> it's birth. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yes, leaders can be trained, but people have different natures. And I think the main quality of a leader is he's empowering. And I've defined empowerment many, many times that you 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 can recognize a person's ability, you encourage it, and you facilitate it. And then you create broad parameters by which they work in a greater context. And if you're not a leader, then all you can think about is the broader context. You never think about the person's qualities. You never encourage the person's qualities. You never facilitate the person's qualities. But you say, you're not a Prabhupada disciple. You're not, you're not a man. Uh, you're not under my authority. And it really, and what happens is if you do that to a person, if he has potential, he'll never reach the potential. If he actually has reached his potential, he'll never work with you and go someplace else. And I always tell someone that if you're a really good manager, you should be out of a job in a year, especially in a temple. You should be out of a job in a year. I always put myself out of a job. <laughs> I think I'm out of the job in Colombia now because <laughs> I have someone that can give Shastra. I have someone that can manage. When I started the VIHE, I taught the first year. By the second year, I had Vrajki Shaw. By the third year, I had Ma Professor Matthew Dasty, Mahamuni. So I, I think it's, it's not always in that situation. There's karma involved, but a leader should be empowering. So I'm also thinking myself of, of legacy, of continuing the, the, the tradition. And you see some places they just don't have who, who, who is next. I'm 73. So what I'm doing now in New Jersey is I'm organizing lectures where I'll just speak for 15, 20 minutes, and then have someone else. Uh, so Jai Jagannath and, and Sri Prahlad's coming on the 23rd. You know, the next generation of people who have some qualification. So I love, 
So Jai Jagannath came and I just introduced him. I was 15 minutes and then I had him give class. And it was a wonderful class. And I'm going to see if I can summarize it. Which, you know, and if I can summarize the class, it means it was really conceptualized and expressed well. I don't have all the points. I would have to ask him some of the points because it was, what I asked him is, he said, what should I speak about? I said, well, share a realization. So it's his realization. So it, it, it and realization is a very interesting thing. And, and I, I described that before I spoke. And I wrote an article about how our attitude, our material attachments, our inattentiveness, and our ignorance, our lack of knowledge, prevent us from seeing what is there. And what a realization is, is when you actually see what's there by jnana chakshus, that goes beyond your attitude, that goes beyond your ignorance, that goes beyond your inattentiveness, that goes beyond your strong material attachments, which skew your vision. So when you read Shastra, sometimes you'll look at it from away and you'll actually see. You'll actually see a truth. And then when you see a truth and you realize the truth, then you can express it because it's a depth of meaning that allows you to change its form to accommodate the frame of reference of the audience. And that's what a teacher is. That's why we should be indebted to teachers. Because a teacher can work through our frame of reference to increase our frame of reference, enable us to see something we couldn't see before. So that's why I really like this class because it was definitely a realization. It was something kind of <laughs> new. And, and I, I probably could discuss it for hours, but, and I'm trying to write on it, but let me see. But he first began with discussing the universal form He's very scholarly, so he mentioned the different chapters of the Bhagavatam in, in and in, in a very humorous way, described how boring it is. <laughs> it's called the first step in God realization. But then he made another point, which I thought was interesting, is that how important it is to see order in the world and, 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 and the proof of it is, is the Bhagavatam, which wants to show design and order in the world. And if you don't believe and don't see order and design in the world, then you won't construct your own values in any objective way. In other words, if you see chaos in the world, then your value system will be chaos. And you won't even be able to distinguish in the modern age between what is a man and what is a woman. And you can see how the postmodern philosophy wants to destroy any sense of order because that leads to God. Because they deny God. They deny any objective values, transcendent values. Mor morality becomes a socio- um, evolutionary concept, not a transcendent concept, but everyone believes some, it's, we don't, when we see something real hard, a, a, a child being tortured, a woman being raped, 
we don't we don't think that this is a, a, a we think there's something transcendently wrong about it not evolutionary wrong not uh socially what is it a socially constructed wrong so he i, I thought that was also a brilliant point if, if to relate the Bhagavatam and how it's showing you order and construction in the world in a very practical way, that people who are religious and do to see that design in order, they tend to 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 and you know to see objectivity and values within themselves. And moral people, even if they're atheistic, by seeing values within themselves, they're they're subtly recognizing order in the world and therefore subtly are religious. But so he, 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 was, he was playing with that idea and it was very nice. And he was also describing as the universe comes from God, it represents God. And therefore within the universe, you can see God if you see it properly. There was a subtle point there that I, I would have to go back to, I'd have to ask him about. But he related that also that how there's such an a, a a a there's such a connection between seeing the world properly and seeing yourself properly, and then he began to go into explaining how in the world, if you see in the Bhagavatam, there are three realms that are described, which is the underworld, land of the demons. There's the earth or the middle world the platform that we live on the platform which is always discussed and then there's the celestial world the gods and then of course the conflict between the demons so he was saying that's also in the bhagavatam and how that's in ourselves and how to actually realize god you have to be able to have a clear vision of that within yourselves and he, he said, if you don't, then that, you know, if you're not aware of it, then I forgot how he pointed out that, but then the battle is played out on earth between the demigods and the demons, between the celestial world and the, the demons. But, but the point that I want to get, and it was very, a, a really interesting point. And, and I saw that, and I, I asked him something, and yeah, the underworld, Bori Jamprabhu, and I quote him very often, many years, he was talking about Carl Jung, about the, the shadow, that if you don't see, if you don't recognize, just like a sannyas ashram, you know, you become guru, you become sannyas, and you don't recognize your underworld, then if you don't recognize it and you don't deal with it, then it will pop into your existence anyway. Just like if you don't recognize the demons, they'll come into the world anyway. And, and that's the shadow. And we will see that people go, I'll be a sannyasi and at the age of 40, they haven't dealt with that. And they think they're dealing with it. And then it'll rush into the world anyway. So it was kind of an interesting thing that you have to see within yourselves, the three systems. But he was talking, then it was got very interesting. And I really have to meditate on this. 
because this was his realization. He's studying the Bhagavatam. You could see a person deeply studying the Bhagavatam, having realizations on it. And realizations are difficult because you may have not pieced it all together, but you're seeing something and you're working it out when you're speaking. But then he described Raganuga Bhakti in a very interesting way, that there were three worlds and one is the celestial world, the world of the gods. It, it's something that we're not meditating on enough. We're meditating on our earthly middle world existence. We're constantly dealing with that. But the Bhagavatam says you have to put your mind there in the celestial world. And he describes, so he said there's only th there's three verses that describe Raghunuga Bhakti. And this is a whole discussion where there's only three verses. But one verse says what? You should think of God and, and you should think of the associates of God, which you're attracted to. So Raghunuga Bhakti means you should put your mind in that celestial world. And that's what the Bhagavatam is. And you're supposed to go there and get your bhava. By, by hearing and reading, he quoted machita, matkata, prana, bodhiyantas, parasparam. There should be this exchange there of devotees. You should be discussing this celestial world. And, and I'm just thinking when Prabhupada was here. That's why he said he, he wanted morning and evening program, Shastra. And the books would come out and people would be excited. He really wanted us to put our minds in that celestial world and get a baba. Then he went to the second verse. And this is a realization that has to be developed. I'm trying to write it on this for my Monday morning greetings because, but I, because I see because it's not fully, there's something there, but it's not fully developed. It may be hard to write about. Then he discussed the second verse of Raghunuga Bhakti, Seva Sadaka Rupena, Siddha Rupena Chatrahi. So he said, so Siddha Rupena means you should meditate on that celestial world. That's the first part. Siddha Rupena Chatrahi, you should meditate on that celestial world. That's our business by reading the Bhagavatam and reading about Krishna. I'm reading a book by Shivaram Swami called Vilap Kushmanjali. I, I'm totally impressed. It's an example of a devotee who's very thoughtful in line with Prabhupada, who is very seriously thinking about Raghunuga Bhakti and relating it to Prabhupada's teachings and movement. Meditate on that celestial world. And he said, Sadaka Rupena. He said, Sadaka Rupena. And you should also meditate in your form as a Sadaka. And, and he said, Sadaka is the practitioner in this world. <clears throat> and, and the point which I have to really dwell on, and he said what that means, and it's so in line with Prabhupada's teachings, is you should take that bhava that devotion, that conception that you get from the spiritual world, and then sadhakarupena, then that's how you should deal with 
and look at the world as you see. That's how you should look at the universe and the world around you. So it was a very interesting concept of Raghunuga Bhakti, but a very practical one for us. We have to meditate and dwell and get a bhava of, of Krishna and, and Krishna's devotees. Prabhupada wanted that. He gave us Krishna book first. And then that should be carried how we relate in the world and relate with other Vaishnavas. Anyway, we'll stop here at Bhagavatamrita, but that was kind of my... Um, kind of my what I've been thinking about um, okay we'll stop here Jumanajai usually start with what you liked about the class thank you so much yeah I'm here thank you so much for class really wonderful I'm so sorry I missed the uh talk by Jack Jagannath sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, I love the point, something you said early on, I never thought of it this way, about having a confident death. Like people talk about a peaceful death, but I love the way you said confident death. And that's what it would be if we were truly surrendered and really realizing that we're taking shelter of our true home. So I really love that concept a lot, a confident death. And thank you for bringing that up again, because I like that too. And that's what I like about the philosophy. You can always put words in a new way. So now I have a new term, confident death. Confident death. Yeah, I just, when you said it, I was like. Death. We need a confident death, a fearless death. And I saw that with Kadamba Kanana. Mm. I saw that he had faith yeah. that I did my work. And he just said, now all this means to me is a new service. Mm. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Jamuna Jaya. Anybody else have a reflection? Uh, hi, Krishna Maharaj. Um, it's not exactly a reflection. It's more like a couple of questions. Yeah. What's your question? Okay. One of them is, you know, really connected to this last thing about confident death. Because you were saying that, you know, if you see calamities come, you know, your response should be, you know, why should I care? It's Krishna. But what if the, the calamities a person might be confronting is due to their own folly, you know? And, and in that way, it's, it's like, it's kind of not Krishna because it's coming right. to... I, I, I got your question. I'm going to answer it. Destiny is what happens to you. Free will is how you react. So I'm talking about your destiny. I'm not talking about your free will. I'm talking about when destiny comes, how you react. And if you react, if you react improperly to your destiny, that's not Krishna, that's you. Yeah, okay, okay. And actually that, that reminds me of, um, you know, your characterization or definition of Shastra, I've always loved that, you know, a compendium of archetype responses to destiny. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. But just one other Thank question you. is, um, 
you know, we should think of Krishna as home, right? Yeah. And and that really, you know, that reminds me of I have a I have a couple of friends who are, you know, disciples of Niranjan Swami. But one of them is a younger one. You know, she she has always characterized her relationship with with him as, you know, when she thinks of him, she just feels like she's home. And that has always resonated so deeply with me. You know, you know, for her, her guru is home, you know, but I, I, a problem that I have with that is that um, although the guru represents Krishna, I feel like it's a little, um, it can be problematic because sometimes that guru-disciple relationship, for whatever reason, doesn't last. So then it seems like guru is not home. So when should we see guru as home and when not, even though it is, you know, he's a, especially because he's supposed to represent Krishna. Well, obviously, if the person's representing Krishna, it's home. And if they're not, it's not home. And if the person's not legitimately representing Krishna, you may think it's home, but it's not. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll walk into some place and you'll think it's safe and it's not. Or but, it can be home and then not be home. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Krishna, the guru should represent Krishna, which is an eternal relationship it should but all you're saying it's there in the shastras sometimes that it's unfortunate and they fall away yeah yeah so, so that's unfortunate yeah you know i just think of home as something that's eternally home not something that's vulnerable to you know well it is eternally home if it is actually the shelter Mm -hmm. But sometimes you get a house and then you find out there's like wasps in it. <laughs> you thought, you know, what can you do? Yeah. You know, they have a, like a person finds a home and they find out that there's snakes in it living there. You know, it's like, OK, yeah. it was home and then it wasn't home. Yeah. But, but that doesn't have to be always the, that's not the usual case. Mm -hmm. OK. okay. Thank, thank you. OK. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you very much. This is Krishna Amrita. Thank you greatly. The class was so uh, with a lot of very important things. And for, for me, for example, uh, that our protection is where we find the object of love. It's so important for me to hear. And another thing is, if we see order in the universe, we can create order in ourselves. So it's so very, very practical. <laughs> Thank you greatly for your Thank you so nice for listening so carefully. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Anybody else say hello? Sure. Uh, Maharaj. Hey. Uh, hey. I long time. Anyway, uh, I really liked your uh, part where you talked about how you empower people to do what they do. We will continue that discussion tonight. Okay, great, great. Thanks. Um, I think I have a class at seven here now, so we'll do a. We'll we can always meet many times. Yeah, and and if if I can move it up earlier, I will. I just have to do some. Okay, if you can move I'll it up try. earlier too. Okay, I'll try. Okay, okay thanks. Hi, well. Good to see you. Okay.
Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Gumaraj Tota Gopinath here. And Kishori Radha. All right, well. Anyway, Raghunath did drive me up here. It's great. He got okay. you there. Good to hear. Okay. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Who's that? Oh, hi, Bo. Great to see you both. Hi, hi, Bo. I see. Thank you for taking that. Spiritual names in the universe. That's completely unique. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna. Thank I'm you. Hey. I only called 15 minutes, but it was so, so much uh, next, uh, even in 15 minutes. So thank you. Great to see you. Likewise. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Garage. It's Bhagavinda. Thank you for class. Interesting, right? Get a recap of that class. Yeah, okay. very much. Very well. Anybody else? Who's that? It's Don Kaley. Hey, Don Kaley. Thank you for calling. I'll have to come up there sometime during the summer, you know? Yes, please, please do. Yeah. Um, I Hopefully I'll get to see you during your time at Raghunath's this week. Yeah, he may have a program Friday night. Okay, um, I'm in Florida until Saturday, so maybe... Okay, then next week, someday during the week, you'll just come over. It'll be great. Okay. You can come over for dinner and we'll have some... be great to see you. Yes, thank you. And you're not too far. Okay. Anybody else? Good morning, Maharaj. It's me. Thank you for class. Wow. Great to see you. And it was great to see you at the program. You're making such efforts. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Did you enjoy the program? Yeah, it was so wonderful. Um, I love how intimate it was to hear Jagannath, Jay Jagannath in that small space. And it felt like I could hear him better, actually. And thank you for summarizing um, his realization this morning. I heard it even deeper. It's such a nice community, isn't it? So many nice people that very quickly open their hearts. Mm -hmm. Great. Glad you're part of it. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, we'll end now. <laughs>